Okay, so we continue now uh, in Mishnah Yud Aleph. Mishnah Yud Aleph, by the way, I forgot to mention this yesterday. When we did yesterday's Mishnah, Mishnah Yud, we mentioned, if you remember yesterday, we said, Shiva Mini Peronius Boinoidum. Seven types of punishments come to the world. And we actually went through, and I'm actually quite surprised that the Oidum didn't ask the Kasha. No one said we only mentioned three yesterday. What happened to four, five, six, and seven? So I'm assuming that the guys were like, well, obviously tomorrow is going to be the continuation. So that's the answer. Today's Mishnah, Mishnah Yeralev, is the continuation of yesterday. And I want to pick out just two ideas from this Mishnah. As we always say, Zaharia, that these Mishnahis and Perkyavas speak directly to ourselves. There's also so much to mention on each Mishnah that we're going to get to everything, but we'll try to get to what we can to try to apply into our own lives. So yesterday we said that there are seven types of punishments that come to the world, specifically al-shiva gufi avera, for seven types of averas, okay? We mentioned three. One was taking maisa, one was if everybody decides not to take maisa, and one was not taking chala. And all of those three had the avera, had the punishment of a famine, okay, of hunger, right? Which is obviously a very, very, very heavy punishment, not being able to eat is a very, very hard, harsh punishment. It's like you're starving, hungry, and there's no way of fulfilling your taiva achila. Let's continue now with number four, five, six, and seven. Deba bala oilam al misa samura is patoyish on a nimsu blebeistin val perish vies. Okay, this is number four. The fourth punishment in the world is pestilence. Deba, right? It happened in Mitzrayim. And unfortunately, it does happen in different times. Chazal tell us, when does it come to the world? For anything that is meant to be high of Misa, but didn't come to Basin yet. So if it would have come to Basin, it would have been high Misa, but it didn't come to Basin. So therefore, um, pestilence would come to the world. And the second thing as well is Perishvius. Now we had Schmitter last year. We spoke a little bit about this. That there is a certain way that you're allowed to use the fruits of Schmitter. You can't do whatever you want with them. You can't destroy them. You can't ruin them. You have to eat them all up. You can't, you know, waste them. There's certain halachas. So when you don't keep those, pestilence comes to the world. That's number four. Number five. Number five. Uh, Cherev is the sword, right? There's, I guess there's more war and people are getting killed, whatever it is. Comes to the world. Al-Inoi Hadin. Inoi Hadin is when you delay justice. In other words, when justice needs to be taken, but nobody gets hold of it, nobody does it in the right way, or doesn't do it as swiftly as they could. Val ivus hadin, if you twist the din, in other words, if they mess around with what's really meant to be, and they sort of twist how it's meant to be. When you paskin or teach Torah shaloi ka'alocha, also very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. One of the first Mishnahs in Perkyovas that we, that we had in Perikalif, was the Hari Nozis Balpeh. How important you have to make sure to have a Masunin Bedin, right? That means to be patient, make sure you do it correctly. Kalali Sol demands that the Hemshuk, the continuation of Torah, is taught Alidei, someone that's patient, that understands that things have to be done in the correct time. So therefore we're saying if people are teaching Torah or passing in is not in the right way, it's a very dangerous thing. Punishment number six. Punishment number six. Chayara, wild animals. Bala Olam comes to the world as Shavua Shav, when people make um, Shavua's oaths that are not in the correct way, right, in vain. Va'al Chilul Hashem, 
We'll speak about that in a minute. That's a very important one. Al Khilal Hashem, right? Literally desecrating Hashem's name. Khilal Hashem, one of the worst Avevis possible. We'll talk about it. Golus, that's number seven, the last one on the list. Golus Bola Oilam, Golus Exile, that we are currently, unfortunately, Beza Hashem, later today we're going to get out of it, but we are still in. Golus Bola Oilam, Al Oivde Avoidazarim. People that are worshipping idols, Vagilia Rais, people that are involved in relationships that are forbidden. In Yoni women, on murder, and people neglecting Shmita of the land. Okay, so there are two specific things that I would like to mention in this Mishnah. Two messages that we can take away from this Mishnah. Yesterday we said, in a general fashion, that the Mishnah, we didn't specifically speak about the punishments, but yesterday we spoke about the idea of punishment. Right? That there is such a thing called punishment. And we should never think, and what about anyone else, and of course about ourselves, that we're not going to get that punishment. We do something wrong, we're going to be punished. That's how it is. The world is, you know, in a way of din v'cheshben, in the sense that when you do something wrong, there will be a punishment extracted from that person, whether it's been this world or the next world, is up to Hashem, or depending on what you do. But the idea is, yes, when you do something wrong, that you're going to pay for it. That's how it is. Now, that was yesterday what we discussed. I want to be a bit more specific. First of all, the idea of chel Hashem. Just to mention it, just on a side idea, there's a Gemara in Yoma Pevov, where the Gemara talks about the uh, problem and the Issa of Echel Hashem, and the Gemara calls it something that you can never ever get Tshuva for. Can you imagine? Now, we know Tshuva always works, and the Rebbe is always waiting for us, and the Rebbe is always, you know, always waiting for us to Tshuva. Tshuva means not to repent, Lashon Art score, but means rather what? Spoke about this time, very good. It means to return. Shuvah means to return, meaning shav. Shav is to return, to return to Hashem. So Hashem is, is patient more than anything else we can imagine. But, after all, there are certain things, Paskins the Gemara in Yuma Pevav, the Rambam says us in Hilchus Shuvah, that you will never ever get Shuvah for, and that is Chal Hashem. There are a few others as well. Chal Hashem, you, ne- you can never get, um, at least not in this world, maybe when you die, there's a, there's a Mahalach. But, yeah. There are so, the, the, why is it so bad? Why is Chal Hashem so incredibly bad? The one of the purpose was that very good, leaving an impression on someone. So I want to say a bit more that one of the purposes of this world, Yiskadal Yiskadal Shemay Rabbo, the purposes of the world is to be Mekadosh Shem Shemayim. We are here in this world to sanctify Hashem's name. Then everyone should look and say, look at Klali, so look at what they're doing, look at their actions, they're incredible, the Rabbanishram, the God of the world, the creator of the universe, who's doing, who does everything on a daily basis, that's amazing, that's Kedusha. Our job is to be Mekad Hashem Shemayim. When there's a Chilol Hashem, we're creating a void in the world that creates a desanctification of Hashem's name, whatever that word is. When you're taking Hashem's name, Kabiyachol, and, 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 and nullifying it, Rahman Lutzlan, we can't do that, but you're taking, you're making a chilol Hashem. Hashem chilol is loshen cholol, loshen emptiness. There's no kedusha. There's no, there's no sanctification happening over here. It's one of the worst things you can do because you're kaviyachol giving Hashem a bad name, so to speak. Not that Hashem can ever get a bad name, but in, in a physical sense of the word, you're giving Hashem a bad name. But by the way, Chavetz Chaim famously said that we don't realize our responsibility as a yid to make a kiddush Hashem. And how careful we have to be not to make a Chal Hashem. You know, we often think the way that, you know, people don't know, like, oh, they don't know I'm Jewish. I'm saying I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, they know I'm Jewish. We all know the famous story, I said it here once before. 
I said it, I think it was Rabbi Pesach Kron said the story, that it was in Germany years ago, and he was minding his own business, he was in a hotel, and uh, he's sitting reading a newspaper, you know, just minding his own business, he's a Jew in the middle of Germany, this, you know, was not that long after the war, didn't want to make a scene, and there's a man there in the, in the Goyish Hotel playing the piano, you know, they have sometimes in the lobby, they tell someone playing piano, very beautiful, nice compositions, Beethoven, whatever, all of a sudden, he recognizes the composition, he recognizes the music, he stops reading for a second. He's like, I recognize that. That's the Israeli Havanagila song, right? Have, whatever, however it goes, right? And he's like, that's a Jewish song in a hotel in Germany. There are no Jews over here. What's going on over here? So he puts down his newspaper. He looks at the guy, the pianist, the guy playing the piano. And the guy's looking at him, pointing at him, saying, you, I'm doing this one for you. He's like, how do you know I'm Jewish? He had a cap on. Look, you know, he didn't know. The answer is, they always know that you're Jewish. Which means, you're always on show. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you're on show. And you are representing the Rabbani Shalom wherever you go, whether you like it or not. You're an officer of the king. An officer of the king, even if he's off-duty, even though we're never off-duty, but even an officer of the king, even if he's off-duty, he's the master's officer of the king. We expect better from him. We don't realize that people look at us. We, we make up a quarter of a percent of the population of planet Earth. Do you realize that? A quarter of the percent of one percent, a quarter of one percent of the population of planet Earth. You know how much noise we make? We make a lot of noise. Presidents of America sometimes are campaigning based on their policy in Israel for the Jews. That's a quarter of a percent. What do they care? We make up a big, people look at us. Somebody told me that they worked for members of the royal family in England and the royal family discussed the Jews. Like it's a discussion. You know, what, what are they doing? What's going on? The Jews, the Misa, at the end of the day, maybe you may not want to admit it, but we are the chosen people, and we are the people that people look at, and we are the people of God. So we have to act that way. Whether we're in the summer, and we're driving somewhere, or we're online in the store, or on the street somewhere, or on the phone, we have to realize, we are B'nai Malach, and we are the children of the Rabbi Nishtalim, therefore we have to act that way. And causing a Chil Hashem is terrible. So that's, that's point number one. And I want to mention from this, this part of the Mishnah, because the Mishnah mentioned Chil Hashem, so I just thought we'll use it over there. Another idea that we can mention from this Mishnah, also a very interesting idea, that if you look at all the Averas, basically, with the exception of a couple, but if you go through all of the Averas that the last two Mishnayas have been discussing, they're basically all Benodim Nechavere. They're all basically the other, except for of course Chil Hashem, which can also sometimes be Avon Chavir, but the Maisa obviously Chil Hashem is Ben Adon Lemokhaim, and Avodah Zorah, because that's obviously Ben Adon Lemokhaim, even Shmita by the way, what Shmita Ben Adon Lemokhaim is not true, it's very much Ben Adon Chavir, because when you don't let, allow people to come into your field and eat from it, you're not allowing the poor people to have, there's a lot of Ben Adon Chavir over here. And therefore, the mission is telling us that a person gets tremendous punishments from a lack on Ben Adon Lemokhaim. Reb Shalom Abel, Zahelig Abel Zareba, the Sashulam of Bells once said there are three types of Golas. Golas means exile. Three types of Golas. What are they? The first one is a type of Golas that we're <laughs> oppressed by the nations. We're stuck. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're ruling us. We can't do what we need to do because we're being oppressed by other nations. The second type of Golas, said the Bells is much more serious. And that is when we're being oppressed by other Jews. That's much more serious. And the third, says the Belzareba, most serious type of Golis is when a person is oppressed by himself. That means he hasn't got the ability 
to do what he needs to do because he's been taken over by the internal drives within him. He's enslaved by the animal instincts within him. That is the worst type of exile possible. And the most difficult enslavement is when a person is not able to control his own actions because he's subject to the animal inside him. That's the worst type of exile. And Avair is mentioned in this Mishnah, whether it's Avodah Zorah, Gidah Domim, Shmita, are all things that a person is driven by his tithes, right? His, by his his, his, his his drive to get for himself and not think about other people. The Mishnah is telling us, and the Torah is telling us, that if you want to be free, if you want to lead a successful life, and you want to be able to accomplish, the only way to do that is to be able to break free from your slavery inside of yourself. When your body says to you, and your brain says to you, you want to do that Avera right now. Come on, you know you want to. It's exciting. It's geschmack. It's delicious. That Avera, that non-kosher food, that piece of Lashon Hara, that site on the internet. Ah, it's geschmack. You know, you want to do it. But you, and you do it, means you have no control. You're an animal. You're not a human being. A human being has control over his animal instincts. And if you're not in control, you're in exile, you're in Golis. And if you're in exile, you have tremendous, tremendous problems. And many of the punishments that we mentioned can come to a person with that way. The greatest sense of freedom is like King George of England once said that the definition of freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want, but the ability to do what needs to be done. That's the definition of freedom. And therefore, when a person is really free, as Chazal tell us the Mishnah Perikiyavos, "Em ben Chayil elamisha oisik b'Torah." A person is only free when he's oisik b'Torah. What does that mean? I, I learn Torah, I'm free. I've got to keep this halacha. I've got to keep this halacha. Come on! I even put my shoes on in the left with the right. I've got to put the right with the left. Come to Meisa. That's called free. The answer is yeah. Freedom doesn't mean I can do whatever I want. Hef gavis. That's the worst. You're an animal. An animal is hefka. An animal does whatever he wants. He goes wherever he wants. He follows his passion. He follows his tithers. He follows his drives. If he's hungry, he eats. If he wants to kill someone, so he kills them. What's the big deal? A human being has to have, be in control of himself. And every single one of us have to be in control of ourselves. And that makes us free to be able to do the things that are important, that are successful, that are fulfilling, and that ultimately the places that are going to lead us to Olim Abba Mitzvah Shem tomorrow. We'll continue with the next.